Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. Good afternoon. Right on, baby. Yes, Bears fans, this is Take the North with your hosts, David Hall. There has been a lot in what promises to be a busy offseason, whether it's speculation over the number one draft pick and Justin Fields being traded or the execution of the closing on the land in Arlington Heights. And Dan Weeder. The 2023 Bears are made for the offseason. They are a dream in terms of content, in terms of debates, in terms of talking points, in terms of developments. We're just getting started. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Welcome to the Take the North podcast on your free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Also on the 670 The Scores YouTube channel, I'm David Haw from the Mullane Haw Show, Monday through Friday, 530 to 10. Dan Wiederer covers the Bears for the Chicago Tribune. It is, as we speak, Monday evening, the first day of NFL free agency. We expected a flurry of activity, and that's exactly what we got right here in town, Dan. Before we get to the specifics overall, how would you describe Ryan Poles' aggressiveness in the first few hours of free agency. Well, look, some of that aggressiveness didn't merit, uh, you know, results in some cases. You know, Mike McGlinchey, they get outbid by the Denver Broncos at, for the right tackle. And, and I understand what, like you and I talked about a week ago, that patience and discipline and value were going to be a big part of this equation. So in some cases, the aggressiveness was where it needed to be. Where I have questions right now 
is with everything we've talked about for months in terms of the Bears needing help in the trenches, they still haven't gotten much help in the trenches. Now, again, we are going to hammer this point home on this podcast and for the next couple of weeks. This is all fluid. There's a lot more to come in free agency. There's a lot more to come in the draft, and we can't cast our full judgment until we get to May 3rd and we have a, a more complete roster. But right now, on Monday, March 13th, two of the three signings that the Bears have made have been linebackers, middle-tier defensive guys, right? And, you, and you've got uh, – to figure out how to justify that to some extent with what your next moves are and how you sort of allot the remaining resources you have. Because, look, the Bears had a lot of resources, David, but they get dried up pretty quickly when you make a couple big ticket expenditures like they did on a guard in Nate Davis and obviously Tremaine Edmonds being the headliner signing to this point, uh, coming over on a four-year $72 million deal. So I agree with you. There was a bit of a surprise, but I also feel like you have to keep reinforcing, number one, everything is fluid. And secondly, you don't necessarily, what was the analogy we used last week? You like the trailer. Let's wait and see the movie. Right. I don't know that we can e- evaluate the movie in the Oscars theme, you know, <laughs> after, you know, an hour and a half or, or 45 minutes, if it's a, if it's an hour and, and 45 minute movie. And we're kind of in the early stages and the plot looks good. Everything is very appealing right now. A bit of twists along the way because let's face it, let's get right into it. I did not think they were going to begin uh, to strike agreements or to come to terms with guys who weren't offensive or defensive linemen. I thought that that would be the priority now. You mentioned Nate Davis. He blocked for Derrick Henry. He's a right guard in Tennessee. Three years, $30 million. Why are you laughing? 19 and a half guaranteed. That was uh, one of the guys I didn't know that was on the Bears' radar. It just shows you that some of these guys that are valued are kind of under the radar. The reason I'm laughing, and I'll explain it to you, is that y- you get this instant reaction. And I had a hit on 670 The Score earlier on Monday, and Dan Bernstein sort of described this initial period as hooray for everything. right? And, and I think that's a good way to put it because there's a lot of people that just they cheer for everything. It was funny in the instant reaction to the Nate Davis signing, how many people were experts on the Tennessee Titans right guard. It always tickles me in free agency where it's, oh, this guy's perfect and that guy wasn't, you know, and it's like, okay, like really, okay, we we know a lot about Nate Davis. We're going to learn a lot more about Nate Davis and the Bears vision for him in the days ahead. But that was a a situation here, David, where you're talking about you've got Cody White here under contract. You've got Tevin Jenkins under contract. Okay. Now, what are your plans there? Is this uh, a situation where Cody Whitehair could be a, a uh, cap casualty soon or a guy that just gets sent by the wayside just because you're clearing space for someone else? Do you have different plans, different visions? We've got to hear all this from Ryan Poles and his coaching staff in the days to come to figure out how all the big pieces of this puzzle, big picture wise, fit together. We knew that the Bears needed to get Justin help on the offensive line and in the receiving core. So the two biggest additions right now are DJ Moore in the trade on Friday and Nate Davis in the signing on Monday. And then the other two big signings, again, are guys that don't rush the passer, that don't necessarily give you a, a ton of teeth as run stoppers. You know, they're going to be good in that area, reliable tacklers. But you have to find ways to find difference makers in the most important spots. And I'm just scratching my head a little bit in the early stages at, at where those guys are going to come from now that you've made a couple of those. Now, look, there's look, if if they had Draymond Jones, the minute we stop recording this, this podcast, we say, okay, things look a lot better tomorrow or Thursday or whenever maybe. I mean, yeah. So let's slow down and let's go through these one at a time because I think the three guys right now that we know 
are on their way to Chicago are worth exploring how they might fit. For sure. The rest of the guys, the hypotheticals are all fun and important to consider. I also want to know, we can maybe discuss as we go through each guy individually, how they arrived at this point, because there might be other guys available. So we'll get to Edmonds. We'll get to Edwards. Let's start with Nate Davis. As you mentioned, we are all <laughs> in Chicago on the pride of Charlotte because we saw him play in college football every Saturday afternoon. And national- wait, maybe not. So <laughs> the guy who is, a you know, who thought that Nate Davis would be somebody that the Titans would value as much as they have, but he made himself into a player. He's a right guard, Dan. Uh, the money isn't necessarily outrageous when you talk about starting offensive linemen, three uh, years, $30 million, 19 and a half guaranteed. It did make me wonder this. So context, we had heard and thought, and even there was a tweet from ESPN earlier today, uh, Mike McGlinchey was close with the Bears. Right, yep. Mike McGlinchey, you wondered right guard Tevin Jenkins. That's a mountain of a right side of the line. How do you think they arrived uh, to Nate Davis, do you think they pivoted to Davis after not getting McGlinchey, who signed with the Broncos? Well, you're in free agency, you're always having contingency plans, and you have to remain fluid to what the market's doing. Uh, the Bears were definitely in on Mike McGlinchey, and they were willing to pay a high price. Ryan Poles has told us for a while that he has value buckets, and he wants to stay true to those, and he's going to be flexible to an extent. Uh, clearly, they weren't willing to be more flexible in this regard. I think it was, what was it, five years, $85 million for McGlinchey that the Broncos agreed to pay him, which is a pretty exorbitant price for a right tackle, particularly for a, if you're the Bears and you're not, as we talked about uh, recently, you're not in splurge and surge mode. You're not trying to make some some giant leap in 2023. And so you want to stay disciplined and patient and true to that value bucket. And so then you just scratch that name off the list and you say, OK, now where are we going in our offensive tackle hunt? And so I don't know how active they were at this point on Orlando Brown. I don't know if they made a uh, tangible offer to Juwan Taylor that was in the range of what he ended up getting, which was a pretty big payday himself. And then Caleb McGarry, the the next guy kind of on that offensive tackle list, there was kind of a list of four that if you were going to sign an offensive tackle, those were the, the top shelf guys. We don't know where Caleb McGarry is going to land. So I don't know how all these things connect. Um, I won't pretend to. It's going to be really interesting to get that view from Ryan Poles in the days ahead to figure out how he pivoted. And like, you know, David, as well as anyone, that free agency is this weird period because it, nothing is in order. You know, it's all frenzied. It's all haphazard. There's things happening at multiple positions, at multiple tiers of every position at all times. And it's just a, a, a tornado that these general managers have to sit and, and find a way to be comfortable in. And you just have to figure out your way through your various plans, which you've spent months preparing for and months doing sort of mock free agency trials to figure out how you're going to pivot. And here's where they are right now on March 13th at, you know, as we record this at 5, 11 PM. So as we sit here on Monday evening, I wonder a couple things about the offensive line decisions or the, the marketplace. Number one, how close did they come with McGlinchey who was guaranteed $50 million from the Broncos? And did they use the bears as leverage? Secondly, Jawan Taylor ends up going to the Chiefs to play left tackle. He's yeah. replacing Orlando Brown Jr. essentially because they must be going younger or maybe who knows why. And he got uh, four four years, $80 million. Am I right on that? Is that, yeah, is that the ballpark? That's a ballpark, I think, if I had to double check. I think that, you know, it was something that uh, surprised me a little bit in, uh, from, from their move. But they know what they're doing because, hey, they're the Super Bowl champs. I do wonder this. Where is Orlando Brown Jr. now headed? I haven't seen much reporting on, on that, and I haven't talked to many people who are that aware of it, and is there a second tier of offensive tackle? Because, Dan, let's face it, you look at your offensive line, and I don't think it was screaming at you, you need a right guard. You need a right guard. 
I think that when you talk about what it was screaming at you, that you need an anchor tackle. You need somebody out there, left side, right side, whatever the case may be. And I do wonder this. Do you feel like now that they're drafting ninth, are they going to use that position in the draft to identify a tackle and that makes less of a target or urgent target in free agency? Well, that's why I say that we have to wait till May 3rd before we cast any final verdicts on what the Bears offseason was or wasn't. Uh, Studs chimes in for us here and tells us that Taylor is getting $80 million over four years, as we said, and $60 million of that guaranteed, which is a pretty big price to pay. Now, Ryan has been pretty adamant throughout the process of saying, look, we have to make sure that we keep one eye on the draft while we're working through free agency to know that if we want to cut ourselves off at a price point on a certain guy that we know where our fallback plans are in April, you've got the number nine pick. You've got guys like Paris Johnson and, and, Peter Skaronsky, who will likely be available to you in that range. If you feel good about those guys as a fallback plan, then maybe it, it, it helps you have a little bit more relaxation and comfort pushing away from the table on some negotiations that get out beyond your value point. But David, I put out a tweet on Monday afternoon and it was received poorly by some people in the fan base, but that, that's a conversation for a different day. But these are the th- three tackles that you have under contract for 2023 right now. Braxton Jones, Larry Borum, Kellen Deesh. <laughs> I'm not feeling real comfortable about that. And I would feel some urgency to make sure that, that there are a couple bodies added to that list before we get to the end of this uh, offseason roster building cycle. And they may, you know, they, they've got different paths to try to get there, but goodness gracious between your offensive tackles, your pass rushers and your interior defensive linemen, when you look at their depth chart, it makes your jaw drop at how far away they are from being legitimate contenders and competitive uh, in those regards. And you better find a way in all your plans to get something thing that is an upgrade and pushes in Ryan Poles' uh, words to move the needle, you know, from E to F, we got a long way to go. Hopefully somewhere along the line, there's some signings that move that needle. And I think it helps to understand that they have very specific ideas of what players fit at certain positions based on the coaches they have in place, the schemes they brought to Chicago and where they are in their growth to sustain success. So for instance, Nate Davis has experienced as he is blocking for Derrick Henry. He's only 26. So that's a guy still ascending in their eyes. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's go to the linebacker position because that's the big ticket item of the day so far. Uh, yeah. And Tremaine Edmonds is somebody that is an athletic freak of nature that is meant to be in the most positive possible way because he looks like a guy that plays uh, much like Dar- Shaq Leonard. Uh, Darius Leonard from the Colts with Matt Eberflus. He's a guy that is going to be disruptive. He came out of the draft in 2018, I believe, from Virginia Tech, compared uh, to Brian Urlacher in terms of the athleticism and the ability to play the middle uh, linebacker position. But, Dan, I did not expect the Bears 
to, on the first day of free agency, commit $72 million in a four-year contract and guarantee 50 to a, a linebacker, an off-the-ball <laughs> linebacker, if you will, in Tremaine Edmonds, because I just didn't think that was as high of a priority as some other positions. Certainly, certainly the players in the line in front of the linebackers. And you know why you thought that? Because four and a half months ago, you realized that the Bears didn't find a way to make things work with an in-house blue chip playmaking homegrown leader in their locker room in Roquan Smith, who went out of the Baltimore Ravens. The Bears got a second round pick back and Roquan ended up signing a hundred million dollar deal with, I think it was 60 guaranteed on that one for five years. But they sort of told you in those moments that look like this isn't necessarily a, a premium position for us at this point, And we're comfortable moving away from Roquan. Well, this traces me back David to the discussion that we've had for a few weeks now where there's been a celebration of the resources the Bears had. And one of the reasons you had those resources, salary cap uh, money to spend, the number one pick in the draft, is because you didn't have any players that, that either won your football games or cost the money that you now have to spend in free agency. And when you go and then, you know, like if the Bears had only had $70 million to go in to, to free agency with, but they had Roquan Smith under contract because they extended him last summer what's the difference? So it's all of a sudden you're, you're, you're just, you're plugging a hole that was already plugged when you arrived and Tremaine Edmonds for all the, the speed that he has and, and for how, the length that, that Matty Berflus is going to tout and, and moving sideline to sideline and being maybe a, a better quote unquote fit in his scheme and his defense. He doesn't have the ball production that, that they said that they valued in linebackers. He doesn't take the ball away. He doesn't have forced fumbles, fumble recoveries or interceptions, or even sacks, six and a half career sacks in five seasons. And I've, spoken to some people that that are are observers of the Buffalo Bills on a regular basis that said he disappears in big games and he, he isn't necessarily the guy that his scouting report says he should be. And the counter argument is, well, he's only 24 and he's going to turn 25 in May. Well, guess what? Roquan Smith's going to turn 26 next month. He's a, a 11 months older than Tremaine Edmonds. So I have a lot of questions about this because it just feels like, okay, we're going to celebrate the arrival of something that you kind of already had in a better form you know, eight months ago. I think what the, is being celebrated in, in uh, many circles is that the Bears opted for maybe quantity over quality because what they have done is they have taken the money that might have been allotted to pay Roquan Smith in 2023, and they've now dispersed it between uh, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, and, you know, whatever they're going to pay J Jack Sanborn on, on his rookie contract. And that, that is your three linebackers and your 43. Well, Roquan now, Smith wouldn't have, wouldn't have prohibited you from signing TJ well, Edwards. I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing that, Dan, necessarily. I'm, I'm just saying I understand that side of the equation where people are saying that, you know, this is money that they're using to – and you get a second-round draft pick. So for, for what you were going to commit to Roquan Smith, you get two linebackers and a second-round draft pick. And I think that – I understand that position, even though it wouldn't be something that I would lead with necessarily, because I do think at some point in time, when you have a player like a Roquan Smith, when you have a player that you drafted and developed and is becoming a star on your watch, I think you keep those guys. I think you, I think you pay those guys. That's and, the goal. And that, that's the idea. When you, you, you want to be draft driven, you don't want to be free agent driven. And so that's where I kind of understand there's a lot of rationalizing going on. And I get it because Tremaine – Hooray for everything. <laughs> Hooray for everything because Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds, Dan, there's going to be a Sunday. It might be the first one. We're going to watch him and say, wow, because he'll make you say, wow. And then maybe two series later, he'll make you say, where are right. you? 
because right. he does have these tendencies. The inconsistency has been the biggest problem for him, even though he is immensely gifted, talented, and he's going to come here motivated. And Dan, here's the other thing. He's durable and he's only played or he's only 24. So again, you're getting guys who are ascending. When Ryan Poles talks about sustaining success, he's identifying guys who were about to hit their peak, about to hit their prime. DJ Moore certainly falls in that category as well. Tremaine Edmonds certainly does too, because he's only 24. Again, Roquan Smith's only 25. <laughs> I mean, like, so like, this is nothing against Tremaine Edmonds. It just feels like you've used resources to fill something that was filled when you arrived. And at some point you have to start building up the areas that matter, which is getting Justin the maximum help, which they've done in the DJ Moore trade. And hopefully Nate Davis comes in here and, and becomes a reliable starter up front. And you would hope that defensively you, you walk into OTAs with some legitimate pass rushing threats and some legitimate beasts on the interior defensive line that can help you make those strides in that area. Again, I, I free agency and, and everything that comes with it makes me uncomfortable because it's like doing a, a post game podcast in the middle of the second quarter, right? Because you, you just yeah. don't know how it's all going to sort out. There's a lot more to come and my tune may be different three weeks from now than it is in this moment. I just would like to see them start to add, you know, true difference-making building blocks that they didn't already have, <laughs> you well, know, and I, I just I, have questions on, on whether Edmonds is anything that Roquan wasn't. When I, when I tweeted out that I was surprised, I think it was because all off season long, I was under the assumption and I, maybe I created this assumption myself, but the defensive line was the number one priority. And I thought that would be the number one way they go. Maybe they're working on a deal now. We just don't yeah, know. Right. Exactly. But, but, but the, the, the thing is, is that the, the point that is, I think, well taken is that they are filling and in, in doing this, filling a need that they created themselves. Correct. So that's part of the thing. And if they chose to, to go this direction, you respect it because it is his guy now. And I think that's the other thing. You never quite know how far a regime, coach or executive, will go to get their guys in place. And so maybe no matter how much what we may argue that you could defend in a logical football argument, it won't matter if they see something that bothers them about a certain player or maybe not bothers them, but would like to change because you look at the body types of Tremaine Edmonds and you look at Roquan Smith, maybe this is simple as that. This is more explosive type player perhaps in their mind. And it's their guy. They brought him here. They want to see him succeed. Well, they'll describe it for us and we'll get a chance to hear from them. And that's, that's going to be part of the enlightening process that we'll get as we go forward. Obviously they had another, linebacker today and TJ Edwards, who's a homegrown kid, you know, from uh, Lake Villa. Is that correct? Uh, yes. And, and obviously yeah. went on to Wisconsin, is a uh, diehard Chicago Bears fan. Obviously, I think when you talk to people that uh, are familiar with his game with the Eagles, they see a guy who's a, a reliable tackler, undrafted coming into the league and then just quickly carved out a spot as a starter and didn't allow the Eagles coaching staff to put him in any role other than being a starter. And when it's all said and done, he's a, a reliable contributor to a defense that was pretty staunch and played for a Super Bowl in, in, in this, this past season. And so I think you're going to get a guy, David, here where Matt Eberflus is going to fall in love with the instincts. He's going to fall in love with the the, the effort-based mentality that 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 T.J. Edwards will bring to the field. And obviously Chicago will fall in love with him because he, he he's one of theirs. He's already on the score. He's a scorehead. <laughs> he already did an interview and he hasn't even signed a contract because he can't do that till Wednesday. I love the kid. I love all the intangibles. When he talked at the Super Bowl, he did an interview with Jarrett Payton on WGN. He talked about growing up 
idolizing Lance Briggs because he never got enough credit. This is that kind of approach. This is that kind of linebacker. He will do the dirty work and like it. This is the guy that Jack Sanborn would point to and say, I can do that because they were teammates at Wisconsin. Uh, when you look at Edwards not being drafted, he ended up with the Eagles undrafted and made the team, and then he made an impact. So Jack Sanborn, when he's doing what he did last year with the Bears, there was precedent established by T.J. Edwards, and now they're teammates, and now they're sharing a linebacker's room, which is full of character because these guys, I think, are football players, and these guys will fit that. You know, I think a lot of linebackers would fall under this category, but they're the, they're the ideal guys you want to espouse everything you believe in and establish a culture at Hallis Hall. No, no, no question. And I think this is a, it's a really good fit. Saying that. that one took like 13 minutes after the uh, negotiation window opened to be done. So there was obviously mutual attraction uh, at 11 a.m. You know and I know that there, there were discussions had behind the scenes before 11 a.m. this morning. Uh, but T.J. Edwards is happy to be coming home and, and, he, and he's ready to contribute to a defense. I wouldn't be surprised if T.J. Edwards called Ryan Poles. That's how excited he was. Hey, man, it's, it's 5 after 11. Where I drew up you? my own deal. Do you, you guys like this? And, 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 I'm and, home. Let's meet at the rest stop. There you, know? you go. Yeah, at the Oasis out there uh, by Lake Forest. Uh, I, you know, I want to make this clear because I, I like I have been the guy for a couple of weeks saying that that I expected Ryan Poles to kind of dip his toe in the water in the outset of free agency and to not necessarily be going to the top platform and doing the triple Lindy off the top, uh, like Rodney Dangerfield and back to school. Um, but you know, so, so there, there is that part of things, the discipline, the patience, that the, the value wave of free agency usually doesn't kick in until the weekend. And so if Ryan goes out and then gets a bunch of guys at, at team friendly prices with good deals that then fill starter or key backup roles, you know, we could get to next Monday or Tuesday and go, that was awesome. That was awesome to watch him put that together. Um, um, you know, it's just that's just where we are with this team right now. I just, you know, like this afternoon, I wrote down the guys that were counting on the salary cap, which is the top 51 people on the roster. When you do this exercise and you look at it, you go, oh, my God, does this team <laughs> need a lot? Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it's mind numbing to, to, to get on the too deep depth chart and see several names that you you, you don't even know who they are to be honest with you. Um, and so, you know, they, they, they've got a lot of work left to do. It's not all going to get done this week. It's not all going to get done this off season, but it's just a reminder of how steep this climb is going to be. But we will be here all week. If they do make a big move, check the Twitter uh, account at take the North pod, because we will keep updating that with let you know, letting you know what our schedule is. You can get this of course on the Odyssey app or on YouTube and uh, we'll just stay on top of it and, and react as much as everyone else is reacting. We still think they need to get an offensive tackle, perhaps still in the market for, I don't think Draymond Jones, as we sit here talking, has signed with anybody, the Broncos defensive tackle. And we're going to have a lot of opinions because there's going to be a lot more information. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. 
Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Which brings us to our producer, Adam Stadzinski, Studs, who pulled the overnight shift and did such a good job. He entertained me on my drive-in uh, for the Mullion Haw show. He worked uh, 12 to 5, Studs? No, talking about uh, no yes, you Yesterday, yesterday was three to five. So if you're, so if when we say yesterday, today's Monday. So it was technically today, three to five. Okay. And then tomorrow, Tuesday, I'm doing the, we'll, we'll be on midnight to 5 a.m. So if you're hearing this before midnight on Tuesday, before midnight, Monday, whatever, <laughs> before so, midnight on the 14th, then, then I'll be on midnight to 5 a.m. Because Dan and I can be a Greek sometimes <laughs> being grumpy old men or being too serious or whatever. How would you evaluate the first phase, the first wave of free agency? Because like a lot of people, we're just sitting there watching Twitter, talking to people, trying to figure out what's next. What's been your early impression? So I, I'll be honest with you. I, I was a little disappointed in the first few hours as far as like, I think kind of what you guys were hinting at, they didn't make a move on an offensive tackle or a, a defensive tackle right away. Although, you know, some of the best defensive tackles are still yet to go. Draymond Jones being one of them. Yeah. Uh, and I, but when I saw the price for McGlinchey, I'm like, yeah, okay, go, go ahead, Denver. Because I think that the bears can get a, a potentially better player in Paris Johnson at number nine in the draft anyway. So uh, let me just give you this. I really like the Nate Johnson, Nate Davis signing. Excuse me. I think that helps solidify the interior of your line and, and starts to make things a little bit clearer. I, I think you still need to add an offensive tackle at some point if you can in this free agency. So you're not having to rely on a rookie like Paris Johnson. I really like the Tremaine Edwards signing. Excuse me. This is going to happen. If, for the next three months. Yeah, Tremaine, Edwards, Tremaine, yeah. Edmonds, <laughs> Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards there. I really like the Tremaine Edmonds, Edmonds signing. I, I, a lot of the stuff you guys say is valid about filling a position that filling a need they created. My counter to that would be, well, they got a second round pick out of it at least. So I, I think, I think at that point you're, you're getting a guy with a similar skill set and you got a second round pick out of it for cheaper I'm not saying that Edmonds is better than Roquan, but I think for the way the situation played out, I, I, I'm okay with it. I like TJ Edwards a lot. I'm sure we would get along if we, if we <laughs> ever met. So uh, all in all, like if this is the if this is all they get on the first day of free agency, there's still so much to do. I'm preaching patience still, and like you guys have talked about it so much. There's so many holes to fill. At the end of May, if we're sitting here and still pointing out holes that they have to fill, we all said for the entire entirety of this this past season that they're not going to be able to fill all these holes in one off season so i think we all have to prepare ourselves for them to go into the 2023 season with still glaring weaknesses because they are not going to fill all these in one off season and i think that's uh that's probably over two minutes so i'll go ahead and- <laughs> <laughs> great stuff stuff <laughs> have, oh, yeah one overnights adam stadzinski our producer also on the six seven score and six seven in the score.com bringing you Bears' opinions on a regular basis. All right, Dan, in the final minutes we have left, what do you think is next? And, and how how do you think what's happened so far? What could happen this week? I know we're going to be patient. I know we're going to be try to be you know deliberate in, in forming too strong and, and, and lasting of opinions because it's f- so fluid. Yes. But how much closer do you think the Bears came, whether <laughs> it's a trade with DJ Moore or the signings today, to becoming a more respectable team in 2023? A little bit. 
a little bit. Uh, look, the DJ Moore acquisition at this point for me is the biggest thing that they have done. And when we get a chance to breathe and talk this out at, at greater length, remind me to tell you the story of how I learned of the trade of the number one overall pick because it goes to a larger point of how these things can happen anywhere, anytime, and really cause quite a bit of chaos in regular life. But that said, to actually have a known quantity coming back in a deal like that, to me, gives me great comfort and great confidence. You've got a proven veteran receiver who can be a, a go-to guy for Justin Fields, who has shown you what he can be on this level. He's not a tier one guy. He's not a Justin Jefferson, Terry Kill, you know, Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams type, but he's in that, that second grouping of receivers in the NFL that now gives you something in your passing game that should help Justin make the ascent that the Bears fans are hoping they can make. And I would much rather have known quantities like DJ Moore than be banking on the 2025 pick in the second round, not being Ego Ferguson. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, so, so that's, that's where some of the celebration of like future assets, it's like, you, you don't know who you just traded for. Did you get Anthony Miller? Did you get, you know, those Ego great, Ferguson? Those are great references for any Bears fan paying attention and remembers <laughs> those names being, yeah, part of the draft process. Wow. Because yeah, because look, like like we don't know what any of those picks are going to turn into now. Like I, I wrote in a column for ChicagoTribune.com on Monday morning about the the you know historic draft haul that the Rams, the St. Louis Rams, brought in when they traded number two to the the Redskins in the RG three trade. It didn't become anything. They didn't ha have any franchise changing all pro uh, top tier guys that changed their franchise, and so it's really easy to dream of best case scenarios. It's really difficult to say, well, maybe those picks won't turn into anything. And so when you get a guy like DJ Moore, who you know exactly who he is and what he can be, you don't have to play the guessing game on, oh, you know, like Ju Justin didn't unlock his true potential. Well, he had his uh, true potential unlocked with Cam Newton and Will Greer and PJ Walker and Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. He's shown that no, no matter who's throwing him the football, he can produce. And, and I love that part of the deal because I think that does move the needle more than any of the other moves that they've made to this point. Excellent points. I also think it accelerates the expectations for Justin Fields. Next year is the No Excuses Tour. That's not meant to be overly critical. That's just no. It, it's, it has to be. You, you get hit, I mean, a wide receiver that's a proven guy. You get him an offensive line that protects him, and now it's up to Justin Fields. And I think the Bears are very comfortable with that reality, and everybody should based on that five-game middle of the season stretch. And if he can just promise everybody he's going to play that well all 17 games, I think everyone will be fine and dandy. And the other thing before we close, big picture wise, and we'll talk about all the details as we go along here. It's fun to break down a trade the Bears make that is this significant to the franchise. And I think that it's on a short list of the most significant trades ever the Bears have made. But you're talking about investing in the future, not sacrificing it. And I think that's a really big di distinction that sets this one apart. Sure. You know, whether it's Jay Cutler or Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack or the other ones, it was always like, well, what are you giving up and how much are you sacrificing future drafts or future success? Well, you're not doing that here. This one was quite the opposite. You're using your draft capital to to invest in the future and get a player that can help you now and feel very good about later. Right. And maybe the, the return on this trade be goes to equal the trades that you made when you got rid of John Bostick and Martellus Bennett and Brandon Marshall and Jared Allen. Maybe, maybe, maybe those historic Bears trades are a benchmark for where this one needs to be set as we go forward for what they got back in return for that. I, I love your quick recall of all these obscure Bears. That should be a segment Obs next obscure. time. Obscure. Brandon Marshall, Martellus Bennett, Jared Allen, John Bostick. Those are high-profile okay. Chicago Bears that were okay. traded away, and we don't uh, remember what they uh, got back Obscure is definitely the wrong word. I'll come up with the right <laughs> one next time because we'll have plenty of time to react 
and to break down the moves. It might be as soon as tomorrow. Who knows? Let's pay attention and keep track of what is going on on the, at the Take the North Pod on Twitter. You can tweet at us. You can look for us because we'll be out there if something happens. Anything else, Dan, before we wrap it up? No, I just want to know if we can coin the No Excuses Tour and use that for the next, I guess it would be nine or ten months now to carry us through. Because I, I would love to go on a No Excuses Tour in 2023. <laughs> I would too. Is there any country music involved, though? Because I would <laughs> like that to be part of the package. It's your package at this point. I, 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 I I'm just give a, it some thought. I I'm just a promoter. <laughs> I like the t-shirt idea, though. All right. For Dan Weederer, for Adam Studzinski, I'm David Haw. You can catch us out. You can check us out on your free Odyssey app. You can watch us on the 670 to score YouTube page. Thank you for joining us. Keep keep uh, paying attention to what's going on in free agency. We will be here to react and analyze as best we can. This has been the Take the North podcast. Great talk. See you out there. Hey, everybody, I'm Mark Shanowski, along with one of the NBA's most popular analysts, Stacey King. We're inviting you to join us on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. So join us every week here in the Hot Sauce studios where we'll be talking about basketball, football, MMA, entertainment, and unique viewpoints from a group of sports experts having a few brews. That's right. Listen up on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.